Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey Griefsters, I hope you're having an okay week. Thank you so much for all your lovely words on the new series. I really appreciate you getting in touch and knowing that it's helping in any small way at all. Um, If you are enjoying the show, please do rate and review it on iTunes. I know everyone asks you to do that. Um, But it does help other people find the show. That's why we all ask. Um, You can also subscribe so you never miss an episode. And you can even, I know it's bold, you just tell people about the show with your face and your words. Um, Thank you so much if you've done that already. If you've already used your face, I really appreciate it. And genuinely thank you for the amazing reviews on iTunes as well. I do read them and I... Yeah, it's very emotional that it's it's helping anyone and is useful at all. So just thank you very much. Thank you also to those who came to the live show at the podcast festival. We have another live show coming up on November the 16th at Dulwich Picture Gallery. I'll be joined by Jeff Lloyd from Reasons to be Cheerful and Stevie Martin from the Nobody Panic podcast. If you head to the Griefcast Twitter for more information on how to get tickets. This week, I'm joined by writer and podcaster Sophie Black. Sophie has recently launched her own podcast, The Trap Door, which is a really funny and honest take on parenting and well worth a listen. Sophie came in to talk to me about her mum, Viv, who died five years ago. Welcome to Griefcast. I'm here today with writer and podcaster Sophie Black. Hello. Hello. Sophie. You've been having a debate recently about your new podcast. It's brand new, right? Uh, it is brand new. What to call your podcast? Have you well, decided? Exactly. I have decided. So, yeah, it's quite difficult because it's about parenting. Your face already is like, oh, parenting. It just makes me feel sick <laughs> saying that Why word. Why does it make you feel sick? Because it, it sort of implies that it's even a thing. I mean, it is a thing, obviously, <laughs> to raise children, but you're essentially just a human being yeah. looking after a, another human being. Right. It's okay. not, there's the there's always the implication with the word parenting that there's a right or wrong way to do it yeah. or feel or whatever. Anyway, so I was trying to think of a, a, a name for a podcast about parenting that didn't include the word parenting, <laughs> which um, is quite hard. What have you gone for? I've gone for the trapdoor. Oh, nice. Because I felt when I had my first baby that I, it was like falling through a trapdoor yeah. into a kind of world that I never thought I'd end up in. Yeah. And, and it was, <laughs> I know you what know, you mean. Like I was that, suddenly like a that slightly... singing class with all those, yes. like those mums and you're, you're yes. all clapping, you're doing it and you're thinking, who the this fuck is this? Yeah. On my list of things. <laughs> yeah, this was not going to be me and it yeah. suddenly is. And it was all, so we wanted to talk about all the feelings around that, you know, the feelings around changing how you see yourself and, you know, and your relationship, obviously, yeah, yeah. all those things. So that's your new project. That is, it it's is. very exciting. But who are we remembering today? We are remembering my mum. Your mum. What was your Vi- mum's name? She was called Viv Black. 
That's a great name. Pretty good name. Pretty good name. Oh, that sounds so cool. Yes. 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 That's amazing. Yeah, I love she, that name. she was um, a radio producer, funnily enough. Was she? Yeah. Which is how I got into it. Pure nepotism. Why um, not? Yes, why not? <laughs> Did she work for the BBC? She worked for the BBC for a long time. Right. She produced a program that actually is now made by the company that we are in today, which is called Feedback, which is all kind of letters. Mate. Yeah. So we are we record this show at Whistledown Studios. Yes. And we have their they have a very small studio. And when I they first brought me in, they were like, Oh, we record feedback in here. And I was like, oh, This is yeah. a feedback studio and this chair is where he sits. Yeah, there you go. And I used to read letters as a teenager. That's I what my to, editor Kate does sometimes, yeah. reads the letters. I used to, she'd get my mum would get me in and I'd and wow. I'd have to go, you know, I I um Dear, dear feedback. I was listening to front row and was shocked. Yes, and appalled. <laughs> and they're all sort of red pen and it's major. They used to be sort of major, whatever, but now they're, because I still work at Radio 4 occasionally yeah. and I have to read the logs. And, I mean, there's still crazy people out there who... <laughs> get offended yeah, by all sorts. by anything. So did your, your mum do the first version of that show? Is that what you said? It wasn't the f- well, it was very early version. So she made it probably in the nineties and noughties. Wow! She made it for a very long time. She also made features and stuff as well. Yeah. But she was a stay-at-home mum, and then my dad left when we were very young. Wow! And then she started went out to work she worked as a production secretary at the BBC and then would just stay late and in the time where this was possible yeah, yeah she would stay late and learn how to edit and she'd bring what was called a Lyrec home which is one of those wow, kind of big reel to reel editing machines and yeah and so and eventually she sort of worked her way up and became a researcher and then became a producer I remember she, she applied for a job on top of the pops and they interviewed her and found out she had kids and then said something like, well, "Would it, it basically something that would never happen now, but was kind of saying that because you have kids, you probably wouldn't want to work late on a Thursday or whatever. <laughs> and she was like, how dare you make that assumption? Yeah, yeah. But the fact you're asking me that question makes me kind of not want to work for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she had, and then and then she left the BBC and formed her own production company. And wow. yeah, so she did really well. And she really loved, loved, loved it. So... God, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. That's so were you very good. close to her? Yeah, we were very close. So it was me, my brother, and my mum, and we were a real unit. I think mm. probably in situations where kids, out, you know, outnumber single yeah. parents, that often... So we were probably quite precocious as teenagers. I always look back and think, oh, God. You know, because she'd <laughs> sort of have lunches and dinner parties and stuff, and we'd be there. So we'd yeah. be part of the conversation, which was really good for us, I think. Yeah. But also, I sort of wonder whether that was quite irritating for her <laughs> friends, do you know what I mean? I think now I'd be like, oh, I don't know. 14 I, year olds. Yeah, I think, like, now when you speak to a teenager, <laughs> that's saying patronising, you, you do think, oh, God, you know nothing. But yeah. you also think, oh, it's really nice that you're so optimistic you're or you're interested. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you, at the same time, think, Jesus, you've got no fucking idea. Yeah. But like, you you don't hate them. Yes, no, you don't. It depends on, (laughs) yeah, it depends on the teenager. Um, I was probably a bit of both. But yeah, so she, she, um, we were close. We were very close as a family and me and her. And I started working at the BBC. And then in my lunch hours, I would come to her office and we'd have sandwiches or we'd go out. And it's really funny, all the little things that you still, you know, my mum died five years ago and there's still things that, you know, I was recording a voiceover in a studio a couple of doors down to her old office. Wow. And I walked in and it's the same layout of the building and it sort of smells the same and the yeah. loos are the same layout and all that kind of thing. And I went in and it was suddenly like, woo. It, you know, it takes yeah. you, it's so clear. and it's You time so, travel back so quickly, yeah, don't yeah. you? You're just like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> and it's sort of, now it's quite nice. I quite like those things because they happen less or I'm I I know when to expect them. Yeah, I think you get so, better at handling them. I think yeah. the first time they happen they're slaps they're, in the face. Yeah, it's like a tsunami. But yeah, then eventually you're sort of like, Oh, it's this. It's quite nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I will get through this in a second. Yes, yeah. exactly. And it and it's also reminds me it, it, it reminds me and sometimes yeah. you can kind of just skip along and not be feeling those things or seeing those things and so actually it's quite I'm quite grateful for it. But yeah, so we used to I, we used to hang out. She knew, she knew everything. Yeah, we were very close in that way. She'd give me advice and yeah. But she was also very tough 
you know, Scottish, single mother, quite angry with my dad. Mm. You know, there was a lot of anger and resentment there as well. And She'd always have to work very hard to yeah. get where she was as well. Yes, exactly. So I think that increasingly as she got older became very difficult for me and I really I kind of in my 30s our relationship was fine but it was definitely quite fractured Mm. and I held back quite a lot do you think that has I wonder sometimes if that has to happen when you've been close like that should have happened in verticals in your teenagers yes yes maybe and then if you avoid it it's going to happen yeah I think me and my mum were very close when I was a teenager because of what happened with my dad and then I think when I was sort of like 28, 29, yeah, I became a right shit. Probably around the same time as me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I yeah. just, I remember her saying once really sadly, like, what's wrong? Like, you're just not being, we're, you know, we're not getting on. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, God, what am I doing? Like, yeah, yeah. But it's like, you didn't sort of do it, pro- no, you know, you didn't do yeah. it then. You didn't be like, I hate everything about you and what you're yes, doing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think also, sadly for my mum, that kind of time coincided with her having a stroke. Oh god. And so it wasn't a it's funny if it wasn't a big stroke. <laughs> only a little stroke. A little one. You know. Um but it was but that really affects your mental health. So yeah. there's a lot been written about how that can make you obviously quite depressed because your whole idea about what's constant and what is your personality mm. is just taken from you in the sense that, you know, you suddenly you thought that I don't know. My dad also bizarrely had a stroke, but I remember him saying, I can't juggle anymore. And I remember thinking, oh, well, you know, we can probably deal with that. <laughs> you know, but, what, we're kind of grateful. Yeah, we're kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's like all in all, I think. People who juggle we'll really love to juggle. <laughs> they love to bring it out, don't they? They really do. Oh, they love it. I know you say that as a bitter person who can't juggle yes. and has tried. Yes. And my mum can juggle. Yeah, yeah, right. There you go. So annoying. But yeah, no, that is so, weird. And he, to have he, something... he saw it as his part of his personality, yeah. I think, as someone who could juggle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And now he can't do it. It was really, you know, and that's a very tiny example of yeah. how that can I mean a very tiny example <laughs> of how that can really get to your sense of self I think so she did lose her temper much more and she did get quite angry in a way that just made maybe a, a situation that would have naturally happened yeah. anyway a bit worse yeah. so we were so sort of turned up the anger in her like yes 20 percent. yes yeah. exactly you know at a time where she was starting to have grandkids and all that kind of thing it was just all a bit yeah it's very easy for me to pretend that didn't happen but it was there yeah, before course, she died do you know what I mean course, yeah so in a weird way I think her death kind of let us grieve the person we'd lost about eight years before. Wow, Do you know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. actually, she had been this incredibly vital, important person to both me and my... I mean, it's obviously... I mean, she's our mum, but... Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, we were very close. And then when she did get sort of wrapped up in anger and stuff like that, we... we you know, it bonded me and my brother as well. We would talk yeah. about my mum and oh, how difficult she was and what she was doing and all this kind of thing. And... Um, and it started to become the focus and you sort of forgot actually how good things were before. Yeah, it's hard though, isn't it, when you have been close and you have been a unit. Yeah. I also think like, I, you know, I said like me and my brother and my mum were very much a unit. And yeah. when any, any three of us changed, it's quite hard. Like yeah. my brother went to live abroad. It was like, like yeah. oh no, like this is not what the unit is. Well, that's yeah, definitely how I yeah, felt. yeah. And any change in one of you is like you're, you're having you really to then reshift it. the family, yeah. which you already had to do once, yes. which was already quite yes, traumatic. Yes, yes, so yeah. you're, I think everyone kind of goes back to the, well, this is traumatic. Yeah. Even if it's like, oh, actually, this one's positive or yeah. this one's fine. Someone's having a child. Someone. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, anything traumatic, I think, is sort of takes you back there a bit, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And it was, and that's, I'm sort of skipping ahead, but yeah, that really, my mum's death, one of the major. I want to say stresses, that's an understatement, Um, (laughs) after her death was the impact it had on my relationship with my brother, who I'd always been so close to, and suddenly we just could not communicate and were so angry with each other, and it was so frightening. And 
you know, you'd, I'd sort of imagined, you know, you sort of watch films and, you know, <laughs> yeah. pa- you know, parents die and families lie on the sofa and hug each other. And actually, well, my experience, I mean, you know, I threw a, a chair at my brother's head. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> but did you, when you were teenagers, did you have a kind of like you'd yes, fight? Yes, yes, yes. God, you've worried me now because that's what me and my brother would have. I mean, I remember once holding a whole tray of tea and I just said very quietly, we're having a round, I went you need to get out, so I'm going to throw this at you. <laughs> and he looked at me, and his face was like, whoa, like, yeah. she going to throw it? And I was like, yeah. yeah. And I don't want to because it's my tea. And <laughs> I want to eat my tea. Uh, yeah, I I completely understand yeah. why to throw a chair at your brother. Like, yeah. love them, yeah. but no one can wind you up like a brother no, can. absolutely yeah. not. And it was really... And you must have both been in so much pain. That's the Both thing. in so much pain, and in a very, very different way, mm. because... Um, my brother had just moved to America when she died. Oh, that's so, a guilt hitting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, but also more than that, like it, he wasn't, he wasn't physically there. I mean, I, I can't imagine the pain oh, God, of yeah. just like being in a. I mean, he lived in Miami, so being in a sunny office in Florida and suddenly getting a call quite sudden with my mum. So suddenly getting a call from me, and not being able to do anything knowing oh. what was going to happen because I didn't tell him it had, I told him it was you know because I'd been called by the hospital to go wow. go to her and so I called him and he knew that she yeah. was dying and I got to her and he said call me when you get there and I got there obviously I was with my mum she was actually having a heart attack so it was very very quite envious of people when they sort of talk about sort of Oh, standing away, by, yes, yeah. and standing by a bedside and all that kind of thing, because this was just not peaceful. It was very, oh, you know, very violent, and and she was gasping for mm. air, mm. and I was sitting next to her and thinking, I have to call my brother. You know, he has mm. to be here somehow. But then, if I do that, it takes me away yeah, from her. I can't. Yeah. So I had to just go. Well, he'll, you know, he might hate me for it, but I have to just do that. It was so hard. You know, and so I think for him, I was consumed with that initially of how awful that must have been for him to not be there. But then, you know what? It was pretty fucking shit. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, there's, to not, be there, there's you no know. good position. Like No, exactly. That's, I guess, both of you, the anger comes from like, well, I, this was yes. shit. Well, this was shit. Yes, yeah, exactly. it was shit. It was shit. Both We're sides. both angry. Yeah, Our mum exactly. is dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what happened? Let's go back slightly. So she had this stroke. So she's so, not very well for a she, bit. Yeah, so she had a stroke in 2009, I think. No, 2008. Um, as I say, just a little stroke. <laughs> and, uh, and so she was a heavy smoker. Right. She stopped smoking. Um, she did a few things to help. Uh, change her lifestyle not everything <laughs> so I would sort of get annoyed with her and go around and go well you're not doing this and you're not have yeah. you been to the doctors about this and blah 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 that was our dynamic for quite a while yeah. so that was 2008 and then 2012 I'd just done Edinburgh mm-hmm. and I was coming <laughs> home yeah exactly so you can imagine that coming home from a particularly unpleasant Edinburgh oh, God. Uh, there's not, there's, I mean, yeah. obviously there are things worse than a worse Edinburgh. Because <laughs> you're about to tell me about your mum dying. But the pain of a bad Edinburgh is, oh. I don't think people can quite understand unless you've done it. The it's joy hard. of a good Edinburgh is just the best. It's, it's the, best. the best. But a bad Edinburgh is a bad like, Edinburgh. Oh. It wasn't a bad, it was more personally yeah, bad. Yeah. And I was coming back on the train and my mum called me. And said, I've had another stroke. Oh, my God, on the train. Yeah. Shit. So that was very much... So I, it, was exact, it was the end of August. And so this one was slightly worse. But again, she, you know, uh, speech slightly affected, but not hugely. Mm. Um, but she had to stay in hospital a bit longer than she had the first one. So that was sort of September... And I was starting. I mean, I was starting to feel worried that I was going to be looking after my mum for the rest of you know. And I was yeah, single, yeah. and I was thinking, am I going to be this sort of you know spinster woman living with her mother and looking after her for the next yeah, twenty, thirty yeah. years? Um, which is sort of sounds horribly selfish, but was very real, and I felt very defensive of my life and mm. and wanted to protect my independence especially as our relationship hadn't been latterly particularly positive but 
then it was literally so that would have been sort of September and then she found it difficult she had difficulty breathing. I mean it was October probably, mid October and she had a few tests and it turned out she had emphysema and then with more tests they found out she had lung cancer. Oh my god. So um, were the strokes completely separate? They were. I mean, I, as it was just explained to me, because mm. I found this, this was all really, it's all happened really quickly. So that probably happened mid-October and she died mid-November. Fuck. So it was sort of like lots of things were happening, but yeah. it was still sudden. It was very odd. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I found it very, very difficult to comprehend. And I brilliantly um, had this amazing, my mum had this amazing cancer nurse and she Sort of rang me a few times after she died, and I said, "I still don't understand. I still don't mm. under- exactly that. Is that connected? I, how does that? I don't understand." You're just trying to grab anything, yes, aren't you? And trying You're just to trying to grab some information to be like, "Can you please tell me where my parent has gone?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I went to see the consultant, and she was amazing—a Sri Lankan woman—and she kind of described. She goes, "In West, you know, in Western society, you." want everything to go A causes B causes C causes D. She's yeah. like, she was a heavy smoker. Doesn't, I have something else to say about that. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, it meant that it just Lots wore of things away at all those little things that keep wow. you going. So, you know, she had, so like the fabric of your body was just slowly kind of yeah. chipped away at. And so suddenly a couple of things go. And then because they're all a bit weaker, then sort of everything, everything goes. kind of goes. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? It is a very Western way of like, yeah. I would like to know how this happened. Yes, please. yes. And what made this, made And it's this. a linear thing. A equals B. Yeah. And she's like, no, it's a spider's web. It's like a whole, wow, yeah. yeah, it's like a, the weight of something has gone on something. And then, oh, that's gone. And now that's gone. And that's gone. And, and because... Yeah. There's no strength to help. Yeah. yeah back. God, that's yeah. so interesting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I do also think, I mean, the number one thing that people would say when I said that my mum had lung cancer was, did she smoke? And mm. then you went, yeah. And they'd almost visibly go, oh, as in, well, that's, <laughs> well, then that's there why you go. then, yeah. you know, and you, and they, some had the um, audacity to say it to her a little <gasps> bit. And she said, I feel so embarrassed. Yeah, and it was, and I felt really bad for her because I thought, well, yes, you smoke, but shitloads of people smoke and don't go through yeah. this at sixty-three. Yeah. So, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, also, don't kick someone when they're down. Jesus, she's got lung cancer. I know. You don't need to be like, well, it was probably. By don't. all means, say that in another room yes, to yourself. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. You, that's what you feel. Fine. That's what you feel. This is not helpful. Yeah. But I think people immediately hear that and, and want to know that it's not going to happen to them. And also, it's the linear thing. Yeah, if people yeah, want to go, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. lung oh, cancer, okay. smoking equal lung cancer. Therefore, I don't smoke. Therefore, yeah, I won't equal I'm lung okay. cancer. Great. Thank you. But they say that out loud. Yeah, yeah. Because they're just so panicked. Like, oh god, will I get? Will I die? Yes. Yes. But you will. You will. But let's put that to one side for a second because we're talking about somebody who is just about. To or has just yeah. yeah 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 that is tricky isn't it yeah you get I know people have said that on the show before about people who were overweight and then had heart yeah, problems yeah. and stuff like that and it's like I don't know those things to me seem very obvious things that as humans we can pinpoint like they're overweight they smoke yeah and then that does but it doesn't guarantee you anything no and if you actually, if you actually look there was recently a sort of study and it showed that actually the biggest reason that you will get cancer will be genetics. Yeah. And then you compound that by smoking yeah. or doing all those things. But do you know what I mean? So that's the thing you have to sort of... We're so, we're so used to thinking that we have control oh God. over whatever. You know, we were talking about kids before, yeah. but, you know, you know everything. If you do ABC, then your kid's going to be fine. Do you know what? You no. know, you might just it, have some crazy chaos. in the family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, my dad's the perfect example because he was training for an Ironman. Yeah, yeah. He, he ran the first London Marathon. We travelled the world with him running marathons and triathlons. Yeah. So that, people's faces, they hate that. Yeah, Or they I hate it. They're like, they what? What do you mean? I was like, but that must have been something. Come on, yeah, carry no. on. And then yeah, I, yeah, then yeah. I say, I mean, he did. He was a very heavy smoker when, as a sort of young man. Yeah. Oh right, okay, okay. No, and you're yeah. like, well, no, but like after that is extremely healthy. Yeah. And the one they really hate is when I say, oh, they actually said the healthiness um, is what made it spread so fast. <laughs> Like a doctor said that to us, because he was like, when you get pancreatic cancer in your 80s, your metabolism is very slow and so it can take a while. But right. he was so fit and healthy. As soon as he got in his pancreas, it spread to the rest of his body. So they were like, Gosh. yeah. And people are like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> no. And you're yeah. like, yeah. And he meditated. Okay, bye. Have a nice yeah. day. <laughs> Sleep tight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
it's like got the opposite end of like there's yeah, no, no I offer no respite to yeah. people we're just like yeah who knows who knows what happens I think like you said it's genetics and then you know he did smoke and drink a lot when he was younger so maybe that yeah set off I mean things, it definitely or, compounds it you can't yeah. say it doesn't no but I think not. you do have to kind of accept and it's quite a nice thing I think to accept that life is chaos yes, and when you do yes. you just think I can't you know I can try and enforce a narrative on it or a meaning or a know. you know because there's so many horrible horrible things that happen to people and they're not all because they've made the wrong choice no it's know. so much your choices versus other people's choices versus the choices of people you don't even know yes, you yes, know like yeah. look at the random accidents that happen yeah, like, yeah, people yeah. you don't someone put a thing on Facebook you know on those Facebook people that you sort of think what I don't really know yeah. why you're on my Facebook. <laughs> and it was like um, a video about not shouting at kids and how much it damages their right. brains. I saw this. And I was like, fuck off. Like, fuck off. One, sometimes you have to be shouted at. Like, yeah. that's how the world works. Yeah, like, yeah, if you're yeah, running yeah, into yeah, a road, yeah. Yeah. someone shouts, please yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Or, don't do that, come here. And also, I was. it really bothered me because this person was feeling very guilty and they were like, oh, I shouted, I can't believe it and this video's made me realise I'm never going to shout again. I was like, if your child never sees you react to anything, yes. you're a psychopath yes. or you're yeah. a robot yeah. and when they get to school and someone else shouts at them, they're going to yes, be so confused. Be so, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to be like, why did mummy never shouts at me for anything? You're like, that's how yeah, assholes that, are yeah, made. Yeah, that's how assholes are made, yeah. Like sometimes you, sometimes you need to tell it. It's all about, you know, a friend of mine is a teacher and wrote an article recently about sort of, you know, providing a, a positive environment for children mm. to lose, get things yeah, wrong. Yeah. You know, because actually I, I was with a friend recently and we, there were kids playing football and one of the kids didn't win. You know, his team didn't win yeah. and he was absolutely devastated. I was like, what's going on there? She said... <laughs> He's never, you know, they'll always let they'll him always win. Let him win, yeah. You know, when my brother's really sporty, and I remember watching him and his mates sort of playing cricket with their sons, and they were trying to bat them out, <laughs> like really kind of meanly. I love, I love that. And I was looking and thinking, oh, come on, you know. Yeah. But then thinking, actually, this is brilliant because then you see the little kids and they're trying harder and they're yeah. learning how to defend their, yeah. you know, and, and you're thinking, well, that's much nicer to learn that with your dad and yes. in a lovely environment yeah, than yeah. at school when, you know, you, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's all. Yeah, choices, it's chaos, basically. Yes. So she gets diagnosed with all that. Yes. And then, like you said, so she in hospital this whole time? No. So she was in hospital for about a couple of weeks once she had the stroke. Then she came home. Then she would sort of, when, when she was first diagnosed, she might be in for like 24 hours, sort of mid-October or something it was. Actually, it must have been late, it must have been late October she was diagnosed right. with lung cancer. And I was with her. Because we were in hospital, so they'd done tests, and then right, she was okay. told, and we both cried, and and sort of from that moment, and it was sort of building to that moment anyway. Yeah. But it was like almost all my resentment just literally evaporated. It just was sort of yeah. like it doesn't matter, none of that matters. So it just we had this sort of it was only about two and a half weeks until she died. We didn't know we yeah, had that. We yeah. thought we had much longer, but... Um, oh, that, it's really fast, isn't it? Yeah, it was really, really fast. I mean, to the extent that my brother had gone back to America, you Thinking, know, we, th yeah. we thought she'd probably have four months or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so he'd gone back to America and, you know, I was going, I was cooking insane amounts of food, <laughs> putting it in her freezer. Got to do something. <laughs> Got to do something. Got to get busy. <laughs> And um, and being very bossy and, yeah. you know, telling her to take her pills, which I think she quite enjoyed. And, you know, we had a sort of weirdly nice time those couple of weeks. Mm. And I don't think she really engaged. I think she, she knew what she had. She knew she didn't want to have treatment. Um, but I don't think there was also a time when my brother and I took her to the cancer place. Yeah, cancer. yeah. Because we're not, I feel a fraud when I say she died of cancer because literally she had it for two weeks and then she died. <laughs> so people go, Oh, did, what did you? As Are we allowed in the club? Oh, we get I, I'm not sure we're part of the club. You mean we, like the cancer respite centre or something? Yeah, it was like, like a sort of part of the hospital yeah. that we went to see the doctor in. Yeah. So, yeah, the cancer, cancer wing. unit, oncology uh, unit. Yeah. yeah. So we went there and she was in a wheelchair and she saw the sign and went, mm -hmm, like that, as if kind of like, 
like as if sort of surprise or yeah. kind of gulp kind of thing. And both my brother and I, we sort of looked at each other as if she knows. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is you know it was very real in our heads. But I think she was still slightly joking. I yeah, I'm not sure she'd really fully sort of accepted it, which in a way is. Okay. Yeah, God, understandable. Yeah, yeah, because it was only two weeks. So then you were at home when so what she happened? Or she ironically, had... was I was looking after her, sort of every day I was going over, yeah. and my aunt, my mum was Scottish, my aunt uh, lived in Scotland, she said, listen, I'll come down and give you a break. So, you know, go out. I remember it was Watson and Oliver, second series. Oh, I went Watson to see their show live oh, wow. in TV Centre, on the Friday night, my aunt had come down on the Friday. We'd had a really nice day that day because my dad had come over to see my mum and they'd had a really lovely tea that I was at, that I was, wow. you know, present at. Yeah. And I remember, you know, my parents were up when I was four. So I don't, you know, I, I don't have much memory of them together. Yeah. Or positive memories of them together. Yeah, yeah. And so it was really nice. I remember thinking... And a nurse had come in to do something for my mum. And I remember thinking, I, was, I remember looking at my parents sort of objectively because there was this nurse in the room. And I remember feeling really proud of them and really sort of thinking, well, they were both quite cool. And, uh, and it was a nice moment to then, you know, she died the next day. But, of course, we didn't know that. But, you know, I remember looking wow. back at that and thinking, well, I'm glad they had that. And I'm glad that... That's incredible. Yeah. That's really incredible. Good. And then, yeah, so my aunt had come and then she had stayed and I'd gone to see Watson and Oliver and I was leaving and I got a message from my uncle saying, I think you need to come home. Your mum has just gone into hospital because she had breathing difficulties again. So she'd gone into hospital. I think they had to take the water out of her lungs, which is very, very painful. And so they'd done that overnight and apparently she'd asked for me. She wanted them to call me and she wanted me to be there and they refused why maybe because it was the middle of the night i don't know that sounds it really crazy. it was you know that you have those things that haunt you for a while and that really haunted why me why wouldn't they call you i've never heard of that before I normally they, they just yeah. they accept that someone's dying and they maybe she wasn't dying so oh. so they would have just thought it's a horrible procedure but you'll be fine and we don't want to wake her up but obviously as it happened, she died the next day. I mean, I got to talk to her about it. Yeah, so well, that's, that's something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I look back on it thinking, oh, fuck's sake, just call me. Just call you, yeah. yeah. And went in first in the morning and she held my hand and she said, I thought I was a goner. Oh. And, um, but yeah, she was, that was, you know, that was her last day. And I, maybe then she thought that, yeah, which I didn't realise, I didn't realise yeah. it was so painful and it was so close, really. And me and my aunt kind of hung out with her all day. And then my aunt said that she was kind of tired. She wanted to go home. It's about seven o'clock around then. So I said, Mum, I'm just going to go and take Yvonne home and I'll come back. Right, fine. As I left, I saw my mum sitting up on her bed and there was a doctor next to her. But I was sort of saying quite openly, you know, the doctor saw me yeah, yeah. and I said to the nurse, I'm going to go. And she's like, fine. And I left and it, we were halfway to my mum's house because obviously my aunt was staying at my yeah. mum's house. And I get this call from the nurse saying, I don't know why they told you to go. <gasps> you need to come back. As it turns out, my mum was having a heart attack at that point when I left. Oh my God, Sophie. <laughs> why didn't someone grab you? No, I know. And this is the thing. This is why now I'm quite sort of pro, very pro nurses. But I think doctors often are quite, statistical in yeah. things maybe and maybe nurses have a bit more intuition yeah but it was the nurse who called me and anyway so so that nurse kind of went yeah oh, she like she's there. like i know what a lot afterwards i talked to her she's like i know what people look like when they're about to die you know yeah. it's that thing and so Fuck. yeah so she called me and i said turn to my aunt and i said do you want to come back or do you want to go home she went i want to go home <gasps> Oh my god, Sophie! I know. No, yes. Turn back. We have no, to turn back. I know. And so did you take her home? I took her home. Oh my god! Of course you did. Because what else can you do yes. in that situation? Someone said do something. But, so you just do. Yeah, but you just do. And it's one the one thing about this whole situation that I've deliberately 
never addressed with her because yeah. ne- like if you? I let it come up mm. I just think oh my god it's so horrendous I can't believe <laughs> that but then was I guess your... you have to I, I mean you have, yeah. you have to somehow go we were sort of halfway she just home, didn't so, want to yeah. be part of it and she no. couldn't handle it for no. whatever reasons yeah. in her head so I had to slowly you know over speed bumps and stuff oh my god slowly take her home Shit. then drive back to the hospital do you like chuck her out the car like I just get out I sort of I remember sort of being in a in a weird way I think being very very practical yeah like going okay what do I need yeah and I rang my brother first in America and I said this is what I've been told I'm going there now I'm just telling you it was awful that was awful and then um and then I rang my dad my dad was very useful in this situation because he hadn't been with my mum for a very long time so he could be supportive of me yeah without being emotional himself particularly grieving himself I mean of course he grieved himself but it wasn't the same I could call on him in a way that but yeah, so I called him and I said what had happened. He said, I'm coming straight there. There was another dynamic to that in my head, obviously, once we got there, thinking, I hope she doesn't know who's here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, She'd be like, what? <laughs> he's here for me. He's yeah, here he's for me. here for me. He's in the background. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, as I said, that was quite... Um, it was the opposite of a peaceful way to go. She was... So, so you made it back. So I made it back. She was sort of heaving for air. <gasps> I sort of sat next to her and just cried and told her I loved her and told her how amazing she was. And I don't know... I still don't know whether she knew I was there. Yeah. And I like to think that she did. Mm. Um, And I remember when she actually died, she kind of... her, Her eyes kind of had this like sudden clarity like she looked at me and it was you know she was sort of rolling back you know with this heart attack and then she kind of looked at me and I I sort of imagined that there was that moment and I and I remember feeling just just look at her with just the most amount of love you can you know I was kind of like not smiling but almost like just going I just want you you to know how loved you are and that this is okay you know that you know this is okay and um yeah, and then she died, and there was actually there was a funny moment, of course, <laughs> as there always is in these things, where I think while she was having the heart attack and she was dying, my dad walked in because obviously I'd got there first, and my dad walked in and I said, "Tell James, tell James, call James, call James," because mm. I felt very, very almost physically conscious of him not being yeah, there. Yeah, how can you leave her when and she's knowing like that? that he yeah. knew this, you know, and and he, you know, whatever. So I said, "Call him, call him." Um, and he said, what do I say? And I say, she's dying. And he um, came back in after she died and I was crying. And uh, and he gave me a big hug and we you know, stepped outside of her little mm. hospital, you know, thing. And, uh, and he gave me a big hug. And then he looked at me and he said, is she dead? <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, what do you think? <laughs> so, it was, she would have found that funny. It's like, oh my God, we have come on. Pay attention, yeah. keep up. Come on, Dad, yeah. you know. Uh, but yeah, it was quite funny. And then I remember going to the loo. It was quite weird, like immediately going to the loo and mm. sitting on the loo and thinking, like this has just happened, but I'm still going to the loo. I remember feeling that after I'd given birth as well. Yeah, I'm still going to the loo. I've just given birth, but I'm still going to the loo. But also, I think it's because when something very intense, traumatic, birth, death is happening, you stop needing the loo, yes, yeah. and then the moment something's done, your body's like, "Oh, by the way, you need a yeah, wee." By the way, probably, now's probably a good time. <laughs> your bladder's been patiently yeah, yeah, waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I know yes, it's really sorry. bad moment. I just like, but you really need you to. You've got to wait yourself. Yeah, fine. Fine. And then you can get on with the other. <laughs> and then it's fine. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry. Yes, you're right. So sorry. We've been completely ignoring that. Yeah. Oh my God. That is. Yeah, that so is really traumatic. Quite traumatic. Yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Ad Lloyd. Have you had counselling since then? I was already seeing Thank a very, yeah. very good therapist. Oh, wow. Because that's a, that's a lot that to do with. That was quite hardcore. Yeah. But, you know, this is the thing about the whole thing, really, is that, you know, that time in my life, I was you know dicking about in crappy relationships and I was kind of coasting a bit with work Mm. and I didn't quite know what I would you know I was just sort of take anything that just landed in my literally anything that landed in my lap (laughs) I would do anything yeah yeah yeah. this will do they they seem to know what they're doing so so might as well yeah yeah and um you never know you never know It's a great way to start, yes, isn't it? isn't it? Exactly. So I was doing a lot of that kind of stuff. And then this point was just like, it was, I, it made, oh, it sounds very bleak, but it was an important bleak. Like I felt so alone. Yeah. You know, what with the breakdown in my relationship with my brother, oh God, you know, yeah. it was great to have my have my dad and my stepmom around who were amazing but again they weren't feeling what I was feeling yeah. and you know but that's the thing we I've learned from the show that grief makes you literally chemically makes you feel isolated yeah yeah so you feel just like no one gets it yeah. and even when people are like I get it you're like you don't you don't, yeah. you don't. and I didn't realize that 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 is what grief is yeah. is you feel the most alone in the yeah, world yeah yeah but it took because I was just like, oh, I just felt really lonely and it was really shit. Yeah, and like just to know, like, no, that's just what it no, is. That's what it is. So you like, can, and you can feel lonely with other people. Yeah, you know, you can, yeah, that's I, the process. I do remember being when she, when she was really ill. So that sort of autumn, I was seeing someone who was just completely dysfunctional, whatever, a crappy relationship. But he, I remember feeling that even when she was ill, sort of feeling that. I knew she was going to die and mm. everyone was saying things like, oh, well, um, I know someone who had <laughs> oh, uh, advanced stage four cancer and they lived for eight years. And you're like, right. well, good for them, good for but them. I'm allowed to feel shit about this yeah. because likely it is. She's not going to live for eight years. And I remember just feeling very frustrated and saying to this guy, you know, I just feel, you know, so alone. Like no one understands that this is what's mm. going to happen and, you know, just feel so alone. And Will no one sort of admit that to me and no one kind of just you know and I remember him hugging me and going you are so alone (laughs) (laughs) I remember thinking it's not quite what I mean (laughs) thanks fucker yeah thanks like what oh thanks (laughs) whispered into your ear whispered into my ear in bed you are so (laughs) alone it's like yeah. a suit that is sitcom. I mean, I've had that written in my notebook for ages. But yeah, because it's so bleak, isn't it? It's so bleak. So bleak and it's so, so misjudged. It's so misjudged. Like, he thought that's what you wanted. He thought that I wanted. Because he was... Because you had one said thing no he was sure, there was that he wasn't on my He wasn't on my side. <laughs> yeah, dude. What yeah. about you? Yeah. I was sort of hoping on. you'd go, yeah. you're not you're alone. You're not alone. You're I'm not here. alone. You feel alone, but yeah. you're not. No. It's just how you feel. And yeah. I am here. No, you are tip listeners if someone says that to you they're asking you they to reassure you them that they're not that they're not alone yeah. that this is just yeah. a phase a process they'll get through it really funny that's incredible it's bad isn't it I think that might be the worst thing I've ever heard of man yes hey <laughs> almost almost that's up there like what made you think that was yeah, a good idea what made you think probably he thought Ooh. she's. I'm, I'm trying to empathise but yeah, yeah, this, is, this is emphasizing agreeing with what yeah, she's agreeing, saying. Yeah, agreeing. I've agreed with her. She can't you be annoyed. Totally alone. <laughs> <laughs> but that was oh hilarious. Yeah. So, but actually, it, I did feel very alone because I had to, I had to clear her house. We lived in for thirty years on my own. And so your brother had to stay. He was working. So my brother had kids, was working oh. in the states, and our relationship kind of slowly spiraled. 
and just we were coming at it from very mm. different points of view. We weren't used to not getting on because yeah. we've always been so close. And it was the most painful aspect of so that hard. And I'm sure thing. my brother lives abroad and uh, there is, I mean, we live in an amazing age where you can Skype people. Yeah. But it, I think, I would say to him, it's fake because we have yeah, fake communication yeah, yeah, that we think true. like, oh, we've hung up. We have yeah. not. The difference of you being in the room and me being able to look at you and say, no, this is what's going on yeah. actually. And you have made up something in your head that you think's happening and I'm yeah. trying to tell you that's yeah. not what's happening. Well, also the physical, the, all the death admin, you yeah, know, all the stuff, all the admin, you know, so he decided we could, we could save money by not um, getting a solicitor. Nobody do that. Nobody, Nobody do that. Not a good do idea. That. So I had to do all of that myself. Fuck. Plus k- clear up the house that she'd lived, well, we'd lived in for yeah, 30 years. Just full and of she stuff. was, yeah, full of stuff. So, you know, and also what you don't think about, you think, well, you know, so I think him practically, and he works in property, so he had a more, so he'd go, well, you know, it would take you, what, two days to clear that room, two days to clear that room, blah, blah. No, it's two days of weeping. Exactly. Another three days of weeping. Yeah. Maybe a day of picking up a piece of paper. Yes. And then going to watch telly for five find, hours. And then you do, you do have a really good afternoon, and then you open a cupboard and you find, oh. you know, uh, as I did once, you know, a kind of swimming costume and towel and goggles and stuff in a bag. You know, and I'd been getting at her for not doing exercise and all that kind of thing. And then I find that there and I just collapse because I think, oh, she was trying, but I didn't know that. And, you know, all that kind of thing. And then it floors you and you can't, you know, you're on the floor crying and you can't, you know. And those things that you can't, you don't know unless you're there and you're doing it yourself. So I kind of, um, it was really hard. And I also think you know unimaginably hard for him too and I guess that's what he's trying to do is give practical help from yes, far away yes and that's an easy thing that he can do yeah. and he's thinking well why is she not accepting my yeah, practical yeah, advice yeah. and you know and, and all I want him to do is to go oh it's so hard and, yeah. and in doing that he's sort of feeling like he's sort of admitting that yeah. somehow he's doing not, something wrong yeah or he's not doing enough yeah. whatever and he's yeah. saying well I'm doing what I can and I can't it's you know. so hard and it's, so it's, it's so just hard. pain it's just two people in pain yeah, that's exactly. all it is it's exactly. nothing else it's just nobody's winning and like no. you said no one's winning in exactly that situation but I really think so yeah and that was it really defined it and I and I think I got to a point where I genuinely thought I couldn't I just didn't want to have him in mm. my life. Like, I really did get to that point. Wow. And I had another useless boyfriend at the time. Who had, I think the point of him was to give this advice, which I think is very good advice, where he said, if you want a relationship, you have to work. You mm. have to sort of pull yourself out of the ditch. Yeah. And work at making that better because you're not going to be able to communicate once you're both while you're both still hurt and angry. Yeah, yeah. And it was so good. And I was going on a trip to Bolivia, and so I stopped via Miami, and we met, and we went for a walk, and we talked on a bench. You've got to see each other face yeah, to face. Exactly. That's what I'm convinced that. by. And it was the beginning yeah. of just slowly, kind of like recognizing the the big thing, which is mm. you are my brother and I love you and I want you in my life. And our mum has, has died. And that's why we're sad. Exactly. And now I would say, and I think a lot of our relationship up to that point had been, had been talking, moaning about our mum. Yeah. And we actually had loads of resentments about each other and stuff that was going on in our lives that we just weren't, that weren't addressed at all. Mm. So now we've got, I mean, the best relationship we've ever had I'm so close to him. He's just the most amazing person. And it, you know, it was really worth going through that shit because it's, you know, cliche, but it's got so much better. But it was horrible. Yeah, you'd have to. But again, it's that thing of like that dynamic. Like your mum was so integral to that dynamic between the two of you. I don't know if you have this, like my mum often passes information about my brother to me and then tells my brother stuff. And I talk to my brother, but I can tell like I get, we get a lot of information about the other one. Yeah, yeah. And that, you know, that mum dynamic of keeping the peace yeah, and making yeah. sure everyone's happy. Like, yeah. once that goes, then you've got two children, yes. essentially. You become children yeah, again going, totally. well, it's not fair. Yeah. Well, who can yeah. I blame? You. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Can't shout at her, she's dead, but yeah. you're standing yes, in front of exactly, me. exactly, exactly. And weirdly, you also know that person can take it. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. can't do that at strange boyfriends no. or passers-by, but you know that your brother you will... You can do that. ...loves you. yeah. 
it goes we'll, beyond that. And yeah. we'll kind of stand there and take your shit for a yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tell you you're being awful and horrible yeah. and all the rest of it. But yeah, I think that's, in- that's incredible that you managed to get through that because so many people don't. Well, that's the thing. I suddenly you know? remembered that lots of, you know, lots of more our parents' generation, you'd hear things like, oh, well, you know, my mum doesn't speak to her sister anymore, not mm. since their dad died or yeah. their mum died or whatever. And there were lots of sort of aunts and uncles that people didn't know because yeah. their parents had done that. So I think it's quite a common thing. And it is yeah, important to kind of just, if you can, like... Yeah, if you can. Just, I know it's hard. You know. But like you said, to pull yourself out of your own pain, yeah, which is so hard when you're grieving, Yeah, and just see their pain and go, yeah, yeah. oh, they're in as much pain as yeah, I am. Yeah. I just hadn't... Yeah. My pain's yeah. so overwhelming. Yeah. But I, it reminds me, in fact, going back to toddlers and not shouting at them. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit, you know, I read something recently about toddlers, you know, when they're having a tantrum, they're just, you know, so... Uh, it's just full of emotion and yeah. they won't hear anything you say to them and you, you, know, you might as well just see them as a sort of blind being that's just yeah. sort of going through this emotional tsunami and so all all you can do is kind of, you know, just be there near them and kind of slowly help calm and then you can have the conversation yeah. about the thing that they perceived was difficult or whatever and it's a bit like that with it's us. It's so like you that, know, it's you grieving. Think, that's it, you're just yeah. a ball of pain or anger or sad, whatever emotion is overwhelming you. Yeah. You can't hear anything else. No. Someone could be saying anything to you and you're like, yeah. all I can hear is, I'm so fucking sad yes, my parent died. Yes, yes, That's yes. all I'm basically but saying. But because I don't know what that feels yeah. like, I'm saying that it's all about you know, the... Oh, you swear blind the, about something The tax else. or the <laughs> cleaning the house or whatever, whatever. Way, it's just the way you said it. It's not yes, what the thing is. Exactly. It's the way it's you like, speak no, to me. No, it's just shit. <laughs> and it's, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so your life changed dramatically. Yeah. So you... How long was it until you then... So that was the thing. So that, so she died 17th of November 2012. And then it took six months almost exactly to like do her affairs yeah. and clear up the house and all that kind of thing and I remember the day after we sold the house I'd uh, Ingrid Oliver features very very highly in this podcast <laughs> she's a great lady she's a great lady and a great friend and she we went on holiday the next day to Greece and it was very symbolic yeah. it was very kind of like right this is the start of my and, and in a weird way that time had been so heavy with the house the all the tax and the um uh, uh, probate and all that kind of yeah, stuff God, yeah. that it was a real relief for that to be over mm. and just to be able to focus on the grief and and just then my life yeah. and we went on holiday and in a weird way and it's going to sound weird but that year probably from then on so from sort of like you know summer 2013 to summer 2014 was really enjoyable. Yeah. I went travelling. I didn't... I kind of only did bits of work that I was kind of interested in. I saw friends. I just... I had this kind of honesty Tourette's. Yeah. You know, it's like oh, I don't... I cut out all yeah. the guys you in yeah. my life that I was sort of still... You're, I'd gone out with and I'd still been friends with and it was just totally yeah. pointless. And I... It was just like a the most brilliant sort of... And it's, I really hate it. I sort of feel like when you, when a parent dies or when you have a child, both those things kind of make you grow up in a way that mm. you can't explain. Like it kind I of. I say to my husband, it's like you've gone up a next level in the computer game. Yes, exactly. And you're like, oh, oh yeah. wow, well, oh, I'm at level three. Yeah, oh, okay, I get okay, now. Yeah. I get level two now. Yeah, I did level yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see. Well, yeah. this looks hard, but interesting. I've not been here before. Yes, okay, let's exactly. go, guys. <laughs> yeah. That big baddie at the end, whether it's like giving birth or exactly. watching someone die or yeah. helping them through yeah. that process. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, here we go. And I think that I think that most people have a child before losing yes. parents. Yeah, normally. And I think that's a bit more, I mean, you know, it's a bit more, it's a nicer it's way. Easier, it's easier, I think. easier, yeah. <laughs> I think losing easier. a parent first is a bit tough yeah. that way round. But, um, but I do think you have a massive, I definitely had a big, a huge change mm. and um, and sort of started looking at what I really wanted, you know, and I just sort of. Life gets very close. Yeah. So like, like you said, that coasting and that kind of like not really looking at what you're doing, yeah. you can't do it. No. After a death, no. it's like life is in your face yeah. going, this is what you do every day. Do you yes. know you watch Neighbours every day? Yes. Twice. Isn't and then you're like, oh God, is that what I'm doing? There's an element of thinking, and I don't believe in this at all, but there's an element in thinking that she could see me now. Yeah. So she could see me with that dickhead yeah. who said, you know, 
oh, you are alone. <laughs> you know, and you think, well, what would she she'd think? Oh, my God, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, I could sort of shield her from some of that. I and mean, I didn't think she was sitting on a cloud looking at it. But equally, it sort of felt that was possible that somehow yeah. I needed to look at my life in that way. In the way she would want you to, I guess. Yeah, that... exactly. Or you wanted to live in yeah. the way she wasn't there to tell me yeah. how to live. And so, yeah. That's the thing I always come back to of like, obviously losing a parent is was fucking horrible, but it will happen. It's inevitable part of life. And all mm. I feel like you can do as a parent is just love them so yeah, hard yeah, yeah. that when they're gone... They're able to make yeah. good decisions. Totally. And that's why I feel like my dad, for all our cantankerous relationship, he really, really loved me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have been in situations, I've walked into rooms and I felt, I felt like, yeah, yeah, I was loved. Yeah, yeah. And like that sometimes is all, that's basically all you can do because yeah. like I said it's chaos out there. Yes, yeah. They can't exactly. protect you really. No, exactly, exactly. But if you can look at a, that crap yeah. man and be like, no, my mum really loved yeah, me. Yeah. She wouldn't have liked she this. She wouldn't have liked this at all. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what else can you do? What else can you give as a parent, really? Apart yeah. from like obvious, like don't run across the road or something. Like, <laughs> some basics, some basics, sure. <laughs> so then you got married and. So then, so uh, yes, so in that time, I kind of suddenly thought, oh, I, you know, what do I want out of life? And I thought, it'll be work, I'll, you know. And this thing kept coming into my head was, I want to be in a relationship and have children. And I kept thinking, ooh, embarrassing. <laughs> how lame. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, how uncool. <laughs> and then it kept coming in, and I was like, oh, I think I do. That's I think who that's, I am. Yeah, that's who I am. That's what I want. And I literally met David about six months after kind of coming to that realisation. Wow. And we went on a date, and it was literally like Groundhog Day, you know, the final scene where he's yeah. just sort of doing, you know, he's learnt what she, you know what I mean? He's like making ice sculptures and she's like, oh my God, I love ice sculptures. Yeah, this poetry. Yeah. It wasn't quite like that. But, you know, we had so much in common. We had this amazing date and we just went, let's go. And it was wow. very, very, it was, yeah, it was quite quick. We met in September. We were pregnant by the April or May. Yeah. You're wasting no time. No time. No time at all. And yeah, now we've, we've been together almost four years and we've got two kids. Wow. Holy smokes. Holy smokes, yes. yeah. But it's yeah. funny because there's that thing where you, you know, obviously, I mean, this is a, sort of another conversation, but um, I think my parenting is so informed yeah. by the fact that I lost my mum relatively recently. So I'm so aware all the time of the fact that this will go. Yeah. And that they'll, hopefully, inshallah, they will remember me, you know, yeah, in yeah. in that kind of, you know, they'll look back on a photo of a time or whatever and think, oh, yeah, that was a happy time or yeah. that was a time where, as you say, I was loved, you know. Yeah. And that's all you kind of want to leave. But I have a, a very, very regular feeling that that is transient and that will go. I think that's the that's the <laughs> like downside. One of the downsides yeah. <laughs> of your parent dying is that awareness of death and mortality. Yeah. And it is really hard. Like, again, like, yeah, any glorious moment, like, you know, we're like all lying on the sofa being silly and she does something, we're all laughing. I think, yeah. well, when, when one of us dies, this will yeah. be something to remember. Yeah. <laughs> like, I God, totally. Period, really? Yeah. Can we just, and sometimes my husband's like, can we just enjoy the moment before we like morbidly like sepia it over? And I'm like, yeah, we can, but also we will all die. So, like, yeah, it's, it's, but maybe it's that's nice also you quite appreciate good as well. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't, it doesn't, spoil my enjoyment of that moment I don't think yeah, it kind yeah. of just probably makes it more intense yeah yeah I mean I guess that's it I have a lot of intense yeah. constant intense moments yeah, we're just go. on the swings I'm like just pushing on the swings yeah. remember this capture this summer yeah. and you're pushing on the swings and she's wearing that cute little dress and she's smiling yeah. remember it but when you die like, yes exactly yeah it just gets a bit tiring yeah it does, it does. I just occasionally think it could be nice just to think oh, swings also, let's go like, now yeah you sort of think it was funny because um, when my kids were we sort of had these naming days for them and we made um, time capsules for them and we put oh, stuff yeah, in adorable. and I wrote a letter to both of them and I'd written it on my computer I thought I'll write it out when I have time and I just recently had time and I wrote it out and it's funny because even a couple of years on it was way more intense wow, then because it was yeah. way more recent so a lot of what I was writing about was my mum and you know, and you think, I was kind of laughing to myself thinking, by the time they're, whatever, 18, and they look at this, they're like, all right, mum. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> mum is, mum's yeah, intense, training. isn't she? Yeah, Jeez. exactly. Yeah, thanks for the letter, mum. Yeah, yeah. But then you say that, I, it's funny, isn't it? Like, I have a letter from my dad that he wrote to me. He used to go away and work all the time. 
I don't know where this letter is. I'm just saying that out loud because my mum <laughs> listens. I think it's at her house. And he used to go away all the time. And he, one trip, wrote us all a letter. And at the time, I was like, how lame? What is this? This is really weird. And now I'm like, fuck. Like, that is so important. I forgot where it is. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, I, it's in his handwriting. And it just, it's very, it's like, oh, I'm in France. I'm having a lovely time. Yeah. Hope you're having a time. I want you to know I'm very proud of you and I love you. It's just like, I always think it's strange that he chose to do that. Yeah. And that it's there. It's just kind of nice. It's just kind of nice to have those things. It's really important. Yeah. And, and really important to sort of use... Again, when when I was like clearing up my mum's house, I was oh. annoyed with my brother, obviously. <laughs> and I was... Um, yeah, I think I felt that, you know, my dad was married and all fine, you know. Yeah, and yeah. my brother was living elsewhere and all fine. And I was the one in the shit and dealing with it all. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. and probably seen by people as this sort of crazy single lady who's just going a bit nuts now you know and I really resented it and I found this letter that my mum had written about us as kids she was writing wow. about we'd left where we lived and she was writing to the people that we used to live nearby and she said something like you know I'm not worried about Sophie because she's she's really strong and capable and can deal with anything and I'm a bit worried about James because he's quite sensitive and, wow. blah, blah, blah. and it was almost like she was going look you know he's He's in pain and he's yeah. it's diff- he's finding it difficult dealing with it. But it was almost like a thing of like, y- you can do that. Like I've taught you how yeah. to do. Like you can do this. Like you, you know. And it <clears> was <throat> really important. It was yeah. really really important to read. But yeah. So then going back to the um, the meeting David thing is that lots of people sort of say, oh, it's so sad that your mum never, yeah. you know, met your kids and your husband and blah, blah, blah. But I sort of feel like in a way she enabled that to happen. Yeah. You know, that I wouldn't have met David. Actually, we'd met, funny enough, he'd, back from that awful Edinburgh, he'd seen that show. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like I just don't think that would have happened. I don't think I yeah. would have woken up, you know. And so in a way, that's, I mean, we're going to be very cheesy. That's her gift to me. You know, she, mm. that's, that's, she sacrificed herself. So I like <laughs> no, but I, I totally. I can hear her going, uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I, sorry. That, that sorry, was, I mean, I love you, but. I didn't sign that agreement <laughs> to die so that you could get back. Thanks, Thank you. No, no, go. It's <laughs> go, fine. Go, go. I'm fine. <laughs> uh, wait, can I? No, no, no. I'm having a realisation. <laughs> but I do understand that. I do understand because I. I think this is what's so important about talking about it, of like, the more you talk about it, the more you can talk about all the aspects. Obviously, the shit, the awful, the pain, that it totally exists. But there is this other side. There is this other side of yeah. rebirth and awakening and sorting your shit out yeah. that that happens through death. Yeah. And, like, surely that's the point of life, yeah. is that, like, we see people die, we see people born, like, that's... Yeah. And remind you, like, that's why people care about yeah. these things. And take the opportunity to use that as a you know that happened to me at a very important time Uh, you know and I guess you could say the same about I do think that I mean they're so linked in my head death and birth you know they're so close and so and so I I, you know I do kind of feel like both those things make you sort of awaken your just change you massively and and and, uh, yeah change your view of the world and your place in it and it's a great opportunity to change yeah. you know and, and it would be crazy if it didn't yeah, like that's the other yeah. thing is well, it would be crazy if you body. just kind of <laughs> if you just were like oh I've had a baby and I'm exactly the same person yes, like no yeah. and that took me a long time with the birth thing I was like no I'm going to be exactly the same yeah. no no just pop back to work Turn back uh, to no, work yep. gigging Easy everything's peasy. fine yeah. and then slowly going Carrie when your dad died it change you forever yeah. when you've had a child it'll change you again and forever. you've been that person for such a long time because yeah, you yeah. died when you were younger that yes. you're yeah that you're sort of um you think well i yeah and that was that's thing i guess because yours was very near you were already yeah. like hey i'm in this flux Whereas yeah. i was like whoa yeah i got it worked out yes i know exactly who i am yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah, um yeah. this happened when i was 15 and yeah. since then i've been putting pegs in every single piece of yeah. ground yeah. to hold down this person because it was really scary yeah. and now you're you're telling me this is going to happen yeah, again. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was, I did, I found it so hard because it, and I've said this before, it reminded me of the year my dad died. I couldn't yes. believe how similar it was. And again, I felt so alone. Yeah, felt so yeah, yeah, alone. Yeah. And instead of a man, there was just a baby screaming. <laughs> you are alone. Going, you are so alone. <laughs> and, I, and I don't care. <laughs> I just want you to feed me. Yeah. So it's, they are so interconnected, but all if all you can do is, 
like you said, pull yourself out out of them. Go through them by all means. I'm not someone who's like, no, you know, pick yourself up, dust yourself down. No, it's no, like, no, no. You got no, to go no. through it. Yeah, oh god. But the only way to, I mean, the only way to come out of it with any kind of positivity is to go through the mud yeah. and really feel and you know and I and again I sort of feel like actually going back to my brother and I's experiences of it I feel very lucky actually that I was dragged yeah, through the mud yeah. in a sense at that time and I was with her when she died and it was yeah, quite, it's a privilege isn't it yeah it really is and it and I think that made my process you know that, that <laughs> someone once said to me um do you sometimes think that she's just gone on holiday <laughs> and I'm like and you know and my mind flashes back to the image of her death yeah. and I think no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have dreams I don't even have yeah. dreams it's so real you yeah. know and it has been since the since day one um so yeah and that's I'm quite grateful for that in a way it's that's helped the process I think yeah it does being there how I mean yeah like you said it's not there's no good, is there? No, There's no there like, oh, no I'm good. so glad I was not there slash no, there. Slash, exactly. But if you can somehow grab something from it and yeah, change it. Yeah. Well, Sophie, thank you so much for going to talk to me about My pleasure. Viv. Viv Black, the Viv coolest Black. name. It's I quite love it. a good name, isn't it? Thank you. You can find Sophie's podcast, The Trap Door, on iTunes or wherever you download your pods from. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast, or you can email us, thegriefcast at gmail.com. The show was edited by Kate Holland with thanks to Whistledown Studios, and the music was provided by the Glue Ensemble. And remember, you are not alone. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.